Welcome back to Football Bosses on FNR. Michael Zapponi and Tony Pignata with you. And uh, the boss of the Melbourne Victory Football Club joins us now, Ian Robson. Thanks for joining us, Robbo. Zappa, how are you? Yeah, very well. Congratulations uh, to you on your new role. Uh, we'll be uh, sad to see you leaving our sport. Uh, of course, it was announced uh, this week that uh, you'll be leaving Melbourne Victory and uh, heading off to a new job at Rowing Australia. Four and a half years at the club. When you assess it all, how did you enjoy your time? Oh, well, first and foremost, um, thank you for the opportunity to have a chat with you both. But it, without doubt, I have enjoyed my time. Um, it's, it's been a wonderful uh, experience for, for me and my family to have uh, been part of the, the Victory family. And one thing I, I can truly say is that whilst I might be moving on to, to a new sport, I, I, you know, I'll always... Uh, have a part of me invested in, in this football club. It's a, it's a great organisation that, that uh, is made up of some fantastic people, which which starts at the top with with Anthony DiPietro and, and the board, and through to the, the management team, the executive staff, everyone involved, uh, Kevin and the playing group. So it's been a privilege a privilege for me, and you know, to be as, as Tony experienced last year at, at, at Sydney when you get the opportunity to be involved in sort of the ultimate success with, with championships that always puts icing on the cake but in so many respects those those trophies moments are, are uh, an opportunity to reflect on the journey and the commitment of so many people um, behind the scenes to get it right over a long period of time so privileged uh, very respectful of a, a great organisation and, and it's with a sadness that I leave but also with a sense of excitement about the new opportunity well, congrats on the new uh, new role, um, Ian. And um, you know, four and a half years at a at a football club, so it is a long time. I know um, it's tough. Um, but uh, out of those four and a half years, you mentioned you know the 2015 championship, etc. What, what was the highlight for you? If you sit back, have a beer, and and reflect, what would be the one highlight of your four and a half years tenure at, uh, at Melbourne Victory? Uh, it's a good question, Tony, and, and um, in some respects, my, my highlight moment might be your low-light moment, and your highlight moment might be my low-light moment. I mean, there's, there's no doubt that uh, you know, last year, um, going into an away grand final and, and Bess scoring that goal and sort of a fair chunk of the game, feeling as though uh, we we, uh, we had the chance to, to secure a, a grand final win away from home, and then even Jimmy Troisi's shot against the, the woodwork late in injury time might have got it done but for a centimetre the, the other side and it's uh, you, you, you get so close and, and you know but, you know Sydney to their credit last year were, were an enormous team for the duration of the season and, and that's why they deserve the right to have the home home grand, fi- home grand final and I suppose for us undoubtedly the, the highlight for us and, and my time uh, and speaking personally goes back to that grand final moment uh, again because you as CEOs, Tony, and I'm sure you appreciate it, um, there's just so many people that, that are working so hard behind the scenes, uh, giving the, the coach and the players every possible platform of success. And the enduring thing more than anything else uh, from that time is, yes, the smiles of the faces of the people on the pitch, but more importantly, the smiles of the faces of everyone around the pitch and just how happy it makes people and and, and, and the light and, and the... The, the, the energy and the positivity that, that, that success like that can bring to people and uh, that, that's it's a special privilege to be inside the ropes on those occasions uh, but there's no doubt that you know those moments of success those trophy moments are, are the cherries on top 
and and uh, uh, you know they're the moments that you, you probably reflect on more, more than any other. But and then beyond that, it's the individual stories of people that you've worked with, that, how they've stepped down their own challenges, players that have overcome injury or other battles, uh, the personalities that you meet, the friendships that you forge. Um, it's a mixture of things, but uh, the grand final is hard. To, uh, the grand final win in 2015 is hard to beat. Robbo, we're at a, a, a time of uh, change in our sport, and you, you've been at the helm of the biggest football club in the country for the last four and a half years. What do you see as our biggest challenge uh, for the A-League in particular over the next few years? Because we have stagnated uh, over the last year or two, uh, and there's a multitude of reasons for that, but it just feels like we, we need to take the next step uh, to grow our game. Yes, yeah, I've... I, I will walk away, Zappers, and Tony. I will walk away as a someone who will always see the future of the game through the prism of a glass that's, that's half full, and, and looking with a view of optimism and positivity for the future, notwithstanding the challenges. And and even you know, candidly talking to people within my circle of friends who inevitably, because of my past, are probably more AFL skewed than not. And I, and I, I sort of say, you know, yes, we're growing, we're going through growing pains, but. Make no mistake about it, we are growing. And, and it is a bit of a, a painful time at the moment. It feels like there's a big, just like a couple of Fridays ago with that storm cloud that sat over Lakeside when the W League game had to be postponed, bizarrely. There is a big storm cloud hanging over the game at the moment. And, and, and some of it is, is of the game's own doing. And, and in some respects, that's part of the challenge. When, you, when your biggest enemies of the game are inside the game, um, sometimes you really do walk away scratching your head and say, how can that be? Uh, it's... It's, I, I hope that uh, with the view of, of, the, of the APFCA and the professional clubs bringing a, an agenda that's all about giving the, the A-League the, the oxygen, the clear air to, to carve a, a, a renewed course uh, of, of growth that inevitably then brings into the conversation things like expansion for the next decade. That, that's really what this, this, ultimate, this, this process is about. There's the overarching governance, of course, of the FFA and the board and what that looks like. But for the A-League clubs, it, it is about getting that chance to, to grab the, the, the throttle, as it were, to drive a, a path of, of growth and, and to give this give the game a, a platform to uh, continue its journey of, of, of energy and positivity. That We look to the Socceroos, we look to the Matildas, we see so many good things happening. And we've just got a great opportunity to come in and, and really continue to support that and, and give uh, the clubs an opportunity to build heroes. Because everywhere I go, Zappers and Tony, and that's been one of the enduring lessons, the kids that you see playing the game, we're only 12 years old. The clubs like Sydney FC and, and Melbourne Victory are 12 years old. And I'm standing at our offices at Amy Park as I talk to you and I look across the old Olympic Park and I see Collingwood Football Club that's 150 years old. And if we look at what we've achieved in half a generation, and Collingwood's six generations old, and yes, they've got 70,000 members, but here at Victory, we're not that far away from 30,000 members. And we think about so much has been achieved and, and there's so much to build upon, but we've just got to get a few of these fundamental governance pillars right to build that next platform to then surge again. It's a bit like, I suppose, climbing a mountain, Zappa. Sometimes you've just got to bolt in, draw your breath, and then go again. And that's what I sort of feel like where the game is at at the moment. There's been a lot of uh, talk about an independent A-League and uh, and that being a model that the clubs would prefer to, to work with in the future. Is, is that, in your view, the best solution? Oh, I, I think it's, it's really the only, the only solution. Uh, 
Um, it's, it's about having dedicated resources that focus solely on the league um, in, in every possible sense, whether that be operationally, whether that be from a marketing perspective. We've, we've got a range of things that we need to to deal with. Zappers from in, in, engage and include you know, all of our key stakeholders, not least to which is a Fox and, and, and hopefully in, in an ongoing sense a Network 10 from a freeware point of view. But whether that's fixturing issues around ACL, whether that's fixturing issues around international breaks, whether that's uh, when we should do we start the competition the week after the two major winner coach grand finals or before. There's a whole range of really practical issues that, that we've got to get more involved in, in, in how those work beyond then dealing with you know, dedicated resources to, to commercialise the game and bring in the much-needed commercial support because all of those things are achievable. We've just got to find a, a, a tighter way of working on that together and harnessing the power of the clubs and, and harnessing a national code that, that has so much potential. Again, you've you just got to look at where other codes sit and the challenges that rugby have faced. Rugby league is enjoying you know, healthy TV numbers at a time when participation rates have dropped and the last lot of participation says league and union are now outside the top 10 and and, and football um, is so far away the number one you, you say okay well that's such a great platform to work from and I think if we can get that league proposition tight and right and get everyone involved I think there's so much more that can be achieved. Ian do you feel the um, you know you spoke about sort of attendances and stuff like that do you feel that attendances are you know that they are low at the moment um, is due to, I suppose, the push to, to get more viewers on, on, on TV and watch them on, on whether it's 1HD or, or Fox? Look, there's that inevitable tension, Tony, in the scheduling. Is it, is it a time slot that suits um, the fans and, and would create an opportunity for more to come or is it a time slot that suits the fans that, that can't get to a game in the city at home? And, and that's, that's always going to be um, an arm wrestle of, of, to some degree. But we... we you see, it's always interesting. We say the crowds are low, and it's part of that because the crowds are low because of the, the capacity of our stadiums that aren't always full, or the crowds are low because we're constantly measuring against the AFL. The second biggest code in the land, the NRL, we've only got to tick over a 1,000 or two more on average per week, and we, our crowds are bigger than the NRL clubs. Yeah, the last so two... sometimes, again, it's the prism you look through. And I think, what are we... Six, I think we're 15th or 16th highest league in the world in terms of crowds and again we're 12 years old so it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a fair measure in some respects but it's also because of the scale of the opportunity because you've got those empty seats how do we get people in how do we convert the, the 20 the 25 percent of people who are currently playing the game who are fans of a-league clubs how do we make that 50 percent or 75 percent which is the afl number that's the that's the scale of you know if you like the depth of the challenge but the scale of the opportunity I mean, I know that um, you know the clubs are sort of you know saying, well, FFA aren't doing enough in marketing promoting the game. Do you feel the clubs are doing enough? I'll be honest, I don't think they are doing enough, and they're they're hiding behind the FFA. Um, but I, I can also understand being from Clubland that the dollars and, and the resources isn't there to to go out there and promote the game. You know, so well, some of, of that Tony is if you think about when the league first started, and and, and I wasn't involved in the league then, and. You've, you've had vast experience um, in various roles in the game across the Wellington, obviously, in, in, in Sydney. And when we started 12 years ago, of course, there was no Big Bash. Um, there was no AFLW. You know, there was genuine clear air in the summer. And, and, and in some respects, you know, we didn't need to be overly sophisticated or overly invested in marketing because we were filling a void before the test, the test matches started. And they sort of went from 
first week of December to maybe the end of January, and then we, we had the slack, and then before you get to the pre-season. Now, what was clear air is very cluttered air with a whole range of you know scenarios. Now, NBL's up and running. Obviously, here in Melbourne, we have a you know, big month in January with the tennis. The AFLW starts in February. Um, there's, there's so many distractions for that, for that entertainment dollar. So whether it's we've got to create um, bigger resources, uh, literally measured by dollars, or whether it's smarter resources about how we go about it, that all gets back to, to collaboration. And I think your, your, your challenge is fair. It, it needs to be something that we all accept our responsibility, but there can be no doubt that you know, compared to, say, a year ago with the impact of the Yoshi campaign and you've got to have a team and on, on the day of Tim's news, ironically, how all that was built up last year, uh, compared to what was a very muted but ultimately under-resourced launch this year, it's, it's chalk and cheese. And as a result, it sort of got compounded then by, because of the enormous results of, of Richmond and Storm in the grand final. And, and I don't know what it was like in Sydney that week, but here in Melbourne, to try and then get some clear air to promote our game for a grand final replay was incredibly hard. So that's, why, that's where you end up with a, a, a much broader conversation around scheduling, fixturing, and then what, what marketing dollars you can put on top of that and how you invest them. And when we talk about expansion, before we let you go, uh, the, the broader issue about where the next clubs should come, we, I think we all agree there should be more clubs in the competition and it needs to happen sooner rather than later. A lot of people think that there should be another club in Melbourne. I personally disagree. What's the view of uh, the Melbourne victory? Oh, we don't have a formal view as a club. We've never discussed that to any to any significant degree, degree to be candid with you, Zappers, it's, 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 it, 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 but what I, what I will say is this, it's, there's no doubt that the, 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 um, the competition needs to grow beyond simply the 10 teams, beyond the five games a week, because if, if we're to create more product to sell to the broadcasters, that then gives you the opportunity to create an increased economy, which allows, you know, new clubs to come in in a manner that doesn't uh, undermine or it's most fundamental, reduce the level of income support the existing clubs are getting. That's how that's the AFL model, that the NRL have tried that, have retreated from it, and they'll, they'll contemplate that again in the future. So that's the, the, the what we need to do is not in dispute. What is under discussion and consideration and contemplation is how we do it, where we do it, and when we do it. And, and you know, a year or so ago, there was something like, what, 10 different parties that the, the FFA had received expressions of interest from and in Victoria that clearly involve you know, Geelong, South Melbourne and a group in the South East. That, that, that's a matter that the, whether it's the governing body of the game that's currently structured or, the, or a newly constructed A-League um, operating model and, and, and you know, an overarching management company dealing with it will we'll set a criteria and, and, and work with it accordingly. But the big, big challenge is you have to grow the economy and that's, that's code for you need more money in the pool. Ian, we thank you very much for joining us uh, on the show. We've run out of time, but uh, congratulations on your uh, tenure at Melbourne Victory, uh, a club that continues to grow and continues to be an example to uh, other clubs uh, across the competition. Thanks, gentlemen. I've enjoyed uh, working with you both across the four and a half years and, and the world of sports administration is indeed a small village. and I look forward to seeing you again in the future, not too far away. All the best, Ian. Ian Robson, uh, CEO of Melbourne Victory, joining us on The Football Bosses.